Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. We've got Eric, we've got AJ, we've got Rudo as the Avs win 3-1 to one over the Vancouver Canucks. They make it two in a row back on home ice, back to doing their thing. Uh, the first game since before the All-Star break of the Avs holding their opponent to just one goal. Nice to see. Nice to see the Avs put in a, uh, I don't want to call it a standard NHL win because scoring is up this year. Four, three games have been a lot more common than the used to race to three that we talk about. But still, a thing that the Avs need to do more of is, mm. is win these low-scoring affairs. Definitely. They do it tonight, even if Vancouver is on a back-to-back solid win. Yes, sir. It's interesting because you still have the conversation about how the Avs are this unbelievable team at home and they're not as good on the road. But you go into a night like tonight, a game that we all felt on the pregame was a must-win. It's not the prettiest win of all time. It's not the best the Avs have ever played. But at the end of the night, it's good enough in every area to get the job done. Do you want to do 60-second rundown? I do, but I want to figure out how I'm going to use the full 60 seconds still. But it's fine. I'll just do it and use 30 seconds. Uh, first period, Avs actually started pretty well, as has regularly been the case, honestly, for a while now. It feels like the first five minutes, the Avs play pretty well. But ultimately, do give up the first goal of the game. Not something you love to see. But you know what? Knowing the final, the full story of the game, you give up one goal. Who cares, man? One goal is not that big of a deal. And the Avs are able to answer that goal back with Two goals from Ryan Johansson, one in the second period, one in the third period. Uh, it's been a long time since Rijo's put one in the net, so he, he gets double his money's worth for this one. And that's great. Nothing but awesome feels about that side of it. Vancouver does score the game-tying goal, but it was clearly with a high stick, so it did not count. And Nathan McKinnon continues his home point streak by assisting on the empty netter from Lekkonen to get your 3-1 final. Good job. 60 seconds. I want to start here. Instead of diving into players, I want to start with the special teams tonight. First of all, PK does a great job. Well done there. They killed the penalties they had to kill. Awesome. Well done. That the second PK in particular, they lose Arturi Lekkinen for it. Yep. That's, at this point, their best penalty-killing forward available to them. No LOC and no Val in the lineup. Exactly. Um, And Andrew Cogliano has badly struggled over the, I would would even say the last two months as a penalty killer. Cogliano has been a prime culprit in some of their problems. Yep. So it was not feeling good. Going into that two minutes. With the one goal lead late in the game. Exactly. Yeah. And and Vancouver had spent the entire third period since Colorado took the lead pushing. Yep. Uh, and and to see them put that effort that they did in, they were very good on that PK. And boy, did it have a great finish with Sam Gerrard just beast moding yep. JT Miller in the corner. Says, I'm done with this. Yeah. Gets it out. They get off the ice after it. Because remember, it was, it was extended. A good minute long shift. Yeah. Josh Manson had failed to clear it on a very obvious and easy yep. opportunity. Sam Gerrard makes the play. Does a great job uh, ending that penalty kill. And they get out of that, man. And that's that's the that's a unit that has really really 
had problems recently. On the flip side of it, you do not get a goal out of the power play for the abs. I will say, I thought it looked a lot better tonight. There well, was quality opportunities. You're, you're, what is going yeah, on? Seriously. <laughs> Dude's blaring some loud. music. It feels like he's right next to us. <laughs> um, here's what I'll say. It gained momentum, even though they didn't score. It was not a letdown. Lots of shot attempts. Yeah. Lots of shots. Lots of opportunities. Lots of looks. Uh, heart rates were elevated. They were into it. Uh, and it set the tone for their game. So, you know, awesome. It was awesome. Both times, uh, was it two or three powerplays? They had whatever it was. It was three. Three. I mean, they were all good. Their entries were good. Uh, they had good chances. Like I said, I think it set the tone right for the game, especially early in the game. They had a power play. And, again, they didn't score, but there were shot attempts. And this is unreal. Freaking <laughs> feels like it's right next to us. Yeah, it feels like there's a concert happening yeah. in the in, in I'll, the street right behind us. I'll bet us. the stream can hear it. I'll the bet they can go. hear it a little bit in the background. I would bet so. Uh, Eric, can I... <laughs> I want to I wanna give you guys some power play numbers because you're talking do. about how yeah. it was a power play that shot a lot. Mm-hmm. It didn't? Six minutes of power play time for the Avs. Four minutes of power play time for the Canucks. Yep. Shot attempts. Not even shots on goal. Just shot attempts. The Avs had 17. The Canucks had five. Okay, yeah. so I was right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good right there. So I saw what the numbers say. Actual shots on goal, nine to one for the Avs. On, solid. Uh, they gave up the one. Vancouver got yeah. one shot on goal. Um, only two shots on goal for the Canucks on their, in four minutes of power play time. Scoring chances, it was eight to two for the Avs. High danger chances, three to one. That you did everything right but score. Exactly. That's exactly how, and, well, and that's how a power play breaks through. Yep. It shoots, it creates, it generates all those chances. Yeah, they, maybe they didn't, one of them didn't go in tonight, but if you keep playing that way, one, two, won't three of them long. are going to yeah. start going yeah. in. That's way too much quality and quantity created in just six minutes of power play time. If that's 10 minutes of power play time, you feel a little less good about it. But in six minutes of power play time, to produce that kind of quality and quantity, that is a very, uh, that's a very encouraging sign that you didn't get the result, but the process was so much better than what we had seen, certainly on that disaster of a road trip. Yeah, it was ugly for a minute there. Tonight, they were a positive for the Ev, something to build on. Look, fair enough. You would love for them to score on that late one and just end the game. Yeah, absolutely. It, mechanically, systemically, hard to complain too much about the special teams. So, did want to give the Avs some props there. You get into the actual game itself. I, I know at the end of the day, our conversation is the Avs won. Who gives a shit how they got the two points they got there? You'll take it. But are you happy with the process as a whole tonight against a Vancouver team that you were expecting to struggle with their legs a little bit? Oh, I'm happy with it. I mean, uh, you always talk about you play the game that's on the schedule. Yep. You know what I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. And I like I liked everything about their game tonight. And I say, and I'll say it again, the Vancouver Canucks was a good test for the uh, best winning percentage in the National Hockey League going into the game tonight. So this yep. is a good team. Yep. This is a team on the rise. And by the way, we have our, sorry, Avalanche fans, but we have our my new best friend there, uh, Vancouver Canucks first pick last year, 10th overall, 11th overall, Tom Wielander. He's on the chat right now watching, listening. <laughs> and the Vancouver Canucks are on the rise. 
And this is a team that's going to be good for years. And remember that name, boys. Tom Wielander, my new best buddy, the Swedish Viking, plays at BU. And uh, he, he's on the chat right now listening. But they can have another shout out to him being second to the Avs. Was like that, the yes. No, That's but I'm fine. just saying, you know, like they had high praises for him this morning, footy and Rick Tockett. And they only had nice things to say about him. So anyway, I just wanted to take that two seconds to, to shout out to Tom. Um, but Vancouver's a good team. That was my point. You know what I mean? And yep. they're going to be good for years. You know what I mean? Like for years to come. They got cornerstones. They got. No, I know AJ gets pissed. But. Hey, listen, they're my buddies. Footy, talk, <laughs> now Tom, you know, they're my buddies. But somewhere, somehow, they're doing good. But the answer to Rudo's question is, not to get off topic, is, yeah, that was a big test for the Avs tonight. Don't kid yourself. They knew. They knew that that was a big test. And listen, talking to talk this morning, too, it was a big test for the Vancouver Canucks. And at the end of the day, that you played last night, that you got shit dumped for 10 last night, whatever it was, yeah. I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I always feel that's like... They're going to come out. Yeah, they're going to come out yeah. swinging. I thought they played a pretty good game tonight, Vancouver too. You know what I mean? Somewhere, you know, like after giving up seven goals in the third period yesterday, I thought it was a decent effort by them on a Sega Baba, right? Yep. From Vancouver's standpoint, they're now on a three-game losing streak. Yeah, and they just finish up this like back-to-back Minnesota, Colorado double dip. They go zero and two. They get no points. Yep. Honestly, if I'm covering Vancouver right now, I'm like, I'm not worried about the Colorado loss. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, uh, they didn't get any points, but one, they've got some distance between them and everybody else in the West. So you're like, I don't feel that badly about it. Yeah. They inexplicably blow a 5-2 third period lead by giving up to Minnesota in, a, in like a wild, like a, an absolute <laughs> train wreck of yeah. a hockey game. <laughs> and then on a Sega Baba in Denver, they're competitive. For yeah, the they, game. They, yeah, they lose a rock fight yep. with the abs. Sucks to lose it, but they got the abs into a rock fight. Yep. It's a low event, very low pace. It turned into a very low pace game. Where you had chances, the Avs just capitalized on one extra chance, yep, and essentially win this game two to one. And you don't, you just can't feel that bad of any uh, with it with that outcome. Yep. Now, if if three becomes five, becomes seven, becomes nine, yeah, then you might look at this two, this double dip a little bit differently. But really, it's like a, given that they just lost two games in uh, in forty eight hours, you. I don't. I don't think they should be coming out of it feeling all that bad about it. Yeah, that that absolute chaos monster of a game that happened yesterday. Sure, but you lose a couple of those every year. I just don't think you can be that upset about it. You're like, eh. Oh. And then how it how it was uh, tonight, like the game tonight. The Vancouver should feel very good about it. For my money, they all played the Avalanche. When you asked your original question, do you feel good about how the Avs no. played? No, I don't. Okay. I don't feel great about it. I feel great about the result, and I feel great that the Avalanche won a game in which they didn't play great, in which they didn't completely and thoroughly outplay their opponent, and they got a better goaltending performance. And it wasn't wasn't solely the top line that drove the bus. I feel great about how how that happened because you need to win games like this. If you're going to win in the postseason, you're going to have to find games like this. 
but but to calm people down, not you. I'm not saying you're not calming down. I'm saying anybody down. Remember, we said it before the game started. Freaking Vancouver Canucks is a good hockey team. They're yeah. gonna have some spurts where they <laughs> dominate, and that was the difference tonight. There was some spurts where they, you know, they were better in the ass, like you said. But the one thing, and again, I'm sure we'll touch into it later, is he made saves. He does. That's it. He made saves, and he made one more save than the guy across from him tonight. Yep. So that's the big difference. However you feel about Vancouver's season to this point. However you feel about their long-term viability as a serious contender. They've been the best team in the NHL this year. Yep. Through nearly 60 games, they've been the best team through the the NHL. And they've built a nice little cushion at the top of the West. Everybody is chasing them. The entire Central Division is most likely chasing the second seed for for the postseason. Look, even, so you have to give them credit for that. <laughs> Sega Baba, oh, they played yesterday. The Avs didn't. Whatever, whatever. The, the Their defense is a little banged up right now. Whatever. Great. Look, that's fine. Even if you don't believe in that team, the, the Avs get to say, hey, maybe we were the team that helped start them over the cliff. Right? And even if not, like, that's a good hockey team that played well tonight. Yep. They outplay you and you win the game. Yep. That is, hockey is the one sport that you can say that happens more often than than any of the others, where you feel like you really outplay, you can really outplay a team and lose. I don't know that I feel that they got that outplayed, to be honest. I don't think it was by I a wide margin. I think it was a margin. pretty pretty even game. To I don't be think it's a wide you. margin, but I think that they did not, they didn't have as good a game, and it's it's mostly because their top line just didn't dominate. I, that's true. When their top line dominates, they usually outplay I, the other team because they dominate by such I, a wide margin. I, I'm super comfortable saying the Avs played their B game, B minus game outside of a handful of guys. I would I would give them a B minus tonight. I think that's totally yeah. fair. I don't think it was a bad game by any. I, I would never say that this was a bad game. Not even close. I, and I think Vancouver played about a B minus game too. And the Avs came out on top. I'd probably give them a B plus A minus. I I thought Vancouver played well. I don't think they played poorly. I don't. I to me this was I a like their perfectly team. even. I, I game. do. I think this game could go either way on any given night. Definitely. Well, you look at the margins. You look at what I mean. The goal, the game winning goal versus a couple of the chances that Vancouver the crazy has. plays in front of the nets. There, yeah, you know what I mean, like, they have could have gone. Vancouver in. has two empty nets that don't get scored on tonight. Where if we were on the other side, we're like, hey. Sometimes the puck just doesn't go in for you. Sometimes crazy shit yeah, happens. Totally. And if we're being honest here, some crazy shit has happened they're, in Vancouver's favor an awful lot this season. They, they're due for some things to bounce the other exactly. way. Exactly. They've sure. been due for a, a couple of these so far this year. And let's Alexander Georgiev was due for a night like this. I agree. Where through no fault of his own, there's one or two. That just don't go in. Yeah. There's one or two really good scoring chances that just don't find their way that don't find their way into the net that otherwise would have the rest of this year. Yep. And that's how that's how you get a one goal game instead of a three goal game. The margin of error in the NHL is extremely thin. Yep. This is not as simple as well, Georgiev played well versus Georgiev sucks. That's just not the that Georgiev did play quite well tonight. But it's those couple of extra plays that the team in front of him helps him out with. It's a difference between a 960 and a 923. It is the difference. But we talked about it before the game. Be better by one save yeah. sometimes yeah. than the guy across from you, and he was. Yep. So I tipped my hat to him. I'm the first guy to freaking complain about him. 
And, and, I said my nighttime. We worked like genuinely. We were we we're four shots into this game for Vancouver and he'd given up a goal. And it, I was supposed to say, yeah, was it a high quality chance? Yeah. But I'll stop you right there. That's the difference. Where the other games where it went south, it then the next shot going, went yeah. in, right? right? And then it was like three and six, and you're like, shit, this is over. Right? Yeah. And that was the difference tonight. Instead it, it was didn't. one and twenty five. That's right. That that makes the difference. Yeah, when you're you finish the first period down one nothing and not three nothing. It's a big difference. <laughs> you're like This ain't so bad. <laughs> yeah, you're you're one play away the entire time instead of constantly being we're one play away from being one play away from being one play away. <laughs> you gotta talk yourself into it at that yeah, point. <laughs> absolutely. Uh the other thing I wanted to touch on in this first period here is maximum chaos just the new normal in the NHL? Obviously, the 10 7 game from Vancouver the other night, the weirdness that always is as versus Arizona. But tonight in this game, you also had a bunch of kind of weird stuff go on, like Nico just running into the net, <laughs> three hockey players battling for a puck that is 200 feet away from them. That Woody <laughs> almost decapitated Colton behind <laughs> yeah. the net. We had, we had no idea what happened with that because there was no replay of any kind. It was just we're zoomed in on a battle in the corner. Abs are, abs are bullying that guy that's on his knee you in the corner. And then, and then it's a quick cut to the puck Dave's in collecting the... collecting a puck. <laughs> collecting the icing on the exact opposite end of the rink where you're just like, what? What's going on? What's happening? Hockey's just weird, I guess. Yeah, and then, and then they just quick cut to the face-off, and we're like, okay. <laughs> Moving on, I guess. Definitely, definitely odd. Yeah. Between that and then uh, yeah, less unusual is a goal called back for a high stick, but not something you see every game. And it's pretty amazing that he actually touched it. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing. Uh, so, Eric, I want to ask you this question. It I'm gets, not hungry. It no. gets called off. Every single person on the <laughs> ice knows it's called off. What's the mm. point? <laughs> 18,000 people knew it was called yeah, off. Like, I mean. <laughs> both Canucks players had their sticks like they were yeah, like yeah. they were doing the post-game celebration. They were so it's high. Just, it's just a reaction, <laughs> right? And you're just like, oh, shit, I should have touched that. You know what I mean? Because the play's dead, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's just an instant. I like, think it's just an instant. You're just yeah. trying to touch it. You're not thinking about. <laughs> it's just a straight up like, uh, all right, we'll just go for it. Because both both Canucks players, the second one in, they it, were they're it, like, ah, it got shit. called yeah. off, and they were both like, yeah, we're not even gonna say anything. <laughs> Georgiev's like, come on, the officials like, yeah, come on, <laughs> no, we're no, it was hilariously <laughs> high. Everybody, yeah, <laughs> like dark jerseys, freaking light jerseys. Yeah. Everybody went you know like, this was very up, funny. Like, no one on the not team even looking yeah. at the play. Like no one's like even like. He's not even asking the ref to come over. They're yeah. just like, yeah, you don't, you don't even look down and look <laughs> yeah. at it on the, the iPad on the vent. You're just no. like, give me a break with this. <laughs> I mean, he almost touched a light. light S- the top seriously. The Some weird stuff. That's all, that's all I'm, I'll put out there. All right. Would you guys agree, though, that uh, the end of this game was pretty tense? A tight one? Yeah, yeah. Squeaky bum time, as some of us might call it. Yeah. <laughs> the Avalanche power play yeah, took a lot of the venom out of that. Yeah, sure, good point. But that really, their it was, it was power really play about eight minutes left to four minutes left. It felt yeah. pretty with their power play right in the middle of that. Yeah. It was definitely butt clenching. Well, if you're looking for chill time, unlike 
a pressure one goal situation, Coors Light has got your back. Coors Light, fantastic way to enjoy chill time, to crack open a beer, have a good time. By the way, we're sponsored by Coors Light now. How cool is that? Kind of feels. I mean, kind of cool. feels like we made it. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie to you right now. Uh, look, sometimes you just gotta relax. You gotta be have the chill vibes. You gotta have. Who's the chillest player on Miko? Maybe you the chillest Ryan guy. Ryan Johansson. Oh, you're right. It's right. And look, he's going twice tonight. Bam. Be chill. Get two goals. Confirmed. Just the Coors Light way. Being chill pays. <laughs> Eight million dollars a year. Not bad. Not bad. Do it with the Coors Light in your hand. Uh, there's only one beer that's literally made to chill, and that is a Coors Light because the the mountains turn blue when it when it chills. You get the. I thought it was fun. <laughs> Go get yourself a Coors Light when it's time to chill. Uh, you can reach for one, and you can even get it delivered directly to you. Uh, get a Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash DNVR. Let them know we sent you over there. Show us some love. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Then, once you got a Coors Light in your hand, you're chilling and enjoying. Maybe it's our podcast that you're chilling and enjoying. Make sure you get over to American Financing, too. Right now, American Financing can save you up to $854 a month by tapping into your home, home equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. 850 bucks a month adds up to over $10,000 a year. That's a ton of money that they can save, and they may even be able to close your loan in as fast as 10 days. It takes just 10 minutes to get started, and it costs you nothing to see how much you can save, which is all American financing. Is there like an alarm going off? Am I losing my mind? That, that okay. is an alarm. <laughs> I'm like, it's a timer, and it's not something telling us that we need to get out of this yeah, building immediately. A bomb? <laughs> Look, if we blow up on live on air, <laughs> all timer, sick. man. Yeah, that's what an a way timer. to go. You said it the other <laughs> At day. Least as long as won. it doesn't hurt. Right? That's, as yeah. long as we don't uh, suffer, you said. Call American Financing today, and you may be able to delay your next two mortgage payments when you call them at 303-695-7000 or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. That's 303-695-7000, NMLS 182334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We appreciate you, chat. you stepping up tonight. You're usually waiting until the third period to get us 100 likes, but... You did it quick today, so thank you for that. Uh, this is some Dr. Dubs, a little vitamin W for everybody. Yeah, what this is yet again. Yeah, we're going to find out as we drink it. I still don't know what it is. Oh. <laughs> it's another kind of Celsius. <laughs> uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I want to hone in a little bit on the defensive side tonight. Okay. Uh, we'll get to Georgiev in a second, but the defense itself, are you happy with that effort as a whole? I know you're not happy with the entire game, and I agree. You really didn't get a, any production from your top guys. That includes Kale McCarr. But defensively, certainly compared to the last few games, I think you saw a much better game out of a guy like Devon Taves. Oh, yeah. You, had, you didn't have a guy like Josh Manson making disastrous mistakes i'm not saying he played great obviously had that one bad turnover on the penalty kill mm -hmm. but they weren't quite as egregious are you happy enough with that or does it need to continue getting better there's always room for improvement right uh, of course I, now i sound like jerry bender <laughs> um but no i thought i thought was, uh, given given that that is a really good vancouver canucks team 
Um, I thought they were pretty good defensively. I thought their puck management at times created some extra opportunities for the Canucks. But also the Canucks created some extra opportunities for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why you pay a goaltender. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I liked a lot of the defensive play from the Avalanche tonight. I thought it was pretty good. They were, they were good. They weren't spectacular. It's not like they completely shut down Vancouver, but good. But a couple little special plays, right? And a few plays where yeah, we're, you know, we're, like you know the stick. Sam yeah. Sam Gerrard yeah. on the, when the, the, right before Georgiev made that spectacular save on the open net, yeah. Devon Taves with the stick on the rebound early on. Like there were just those little extras um, from the defense that help a goaltender out enormously that we haven't seen tons of. So defensively, I'm thrilled. Look, honestly, you, like I'm, I'm, I would take that, yeah, it, that defensive effort more nights and, than not. It's it's good, totally. And I understand some of this is from Vancouver missing the net on some opportunities. But if you hold the team to 25 shots, you should win most nights. Yeah, I I, I didn't. I know that they played last night, um, but that they it never showed. So there's no, for me, there's no, like, oh, they ran out of gas. Oh, there was any of that. That They held a good Canucks team that played hard, wire to wire, to 25 to shots. Yep. 25 shots on goal. And decent high danger chances, decent scoring chance numbers. They're not great. But my, not my, out of hand either. My problem is that the Avalanche didn't do enough offensively. I didn't sure. like their game offensively. But defensively, I'm pretty pleased with it. Thought it was good. Eric? Are you are you team defense wins championships? Well, yes and no. Y yes, because it does. And one day I'll get one of you to not answer both. It'll happen. Yeah, I know. No, no. But I, <laughs> what I'm saying is, yes, because it it, it does. I, I I I don't know what to tell you. It freaking <laughs> does. When it come playoff time, it does. Uh, but I also believe in top end players. Do too, you know what I mean? So, so that's why I'm saying it's a mixture of the two. But freaking frack, like if you look in the history of the game, like those defensive cores have always that are good, gone like have far. always yeah. gone far. One, you know what I mean? But yeah, so the answer is yes. But God, does it help to have nice top end talent too? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, which it's is kind of a one and a half answer, you know? Top end talent for the Evs. Didn't super duper get this get it but, done tonight? Was, no, no, but I, I was sorry. I thought yeah, I meant like no, in a playoff no. series. Right? No, yeah, no, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, oh no, like tonight. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I was like, yeah, uh, whatever. Um, but know. it's a nice situation to be in where you're like, hey, the Avs do have this ability to do this defensively, and over the long term, their stars will be fine. Sure, they didn't generate a ton tonight, but you spent the last two weeks pointing out a lot of holes in the Avs roster or in the Avs lineup or in the Avs play. And you saw a lot of those things get better tonight. Yeah. So just wanted to shout out the defense a little bit. Yeah. I, it's a, it's a solid, it's a solidly played game against a quality opponent. Can I just add one thing too? Cause yeah. I'm getting pooped on right here on my phone now by Max and they're all watching tonight. And I, and I talked about, it is pertinent to the game tonight because they played Vancouver. Tom Wielander, which is their first pick last year, I talked about him, but I didn't talk about Hayden Celebrini, and he's mad. So 
Macklin celebrating? No, Macklin celebrating. Going to be the first round, first first selection this year, yeah. right? In the yeah. upcoming draft. His brother. Okay. He is it. also a Vancouver Canuck draft pick. That should bolster their blue line there for years to come. So I just wanted to give it a shout out. I felt bad because I only talked about Tom. So I'll talk about Hayden. Vancouver's in good hands. They got a good scouting staff. And then, hey, shout out to those guys. And thanks for listening tonight. No. Felt bad because it's like, you know, you got to treat your kids right, you know, the same way. You, you know, a lot be. of guys that are about to spend the next decade losing to the apps. That's cool. All right. <laughs> well, that's all. I agree with you. I'm just saying it's pertinent because it's Vancouver, you know. <laughs> and I just kind of felt bad. So, hey. Now that, again, oh, props. Good. Props to everybody who knows yeah. Eric, which is everyone in the hockey world. No, so. no. I just felt bad. Uh, now that we've covered the defense, I do want to get into our three stars of the game. While I don't think anyone say he would have a great game, our third star did keep his home point streak rolling, even if it was on an empty net assist. That's it, why he's here. That's why he's the third star. Sure. It, it's funny because when you talk about players like McKinnon, when you talk about players like McCarr, you forget that they're like breaking records every day. It just becomes normal that yeah. these hockey players are doing stuff that hasn't been done in 40 years. <laughs> and like rewriting Colorado's. Record, own record books, books where yep. they were record books that you thought between Forsberg and Sackick and Patrick Waugh. They're like, going to be untouchable yeah, for a you're while. You're not going to touch any of these. And Patrick Waugh is pretty safe still. <laughs> but Sackick, you know, Sackick's certainly is under siege. Numbers. Yeah. So, you know, but Nathan McKinnon coming. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's the seventh longest in the history of the league. So it's pretty special. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's the right call. To put him at three there because it is special to keep it alive yeah. with twenty odd seconds to go in there, the game. So there it's are awesome. forty-one home games in a season, and Nathan McKinnon has points in the first twenty-seven of them. It's crazy. Like it's been going. Like the streak has been going on all season. It is February twentieth, and we are talking about there has yet to be a home game in which Nathan McKinnon has, has been shut scored. out of scoring. Like it's crazy. And look at their record. What's their record? Pretty damn good. 22, yeah, 22 and, and five. 5. Cream always rises to the top, and it, that's what it is. Silly. It's always funny to look Makes at, like, if Nathan McKinnon didn't score a single more point at home for the rest of the year, still he'd still year. be in, like, the top 2% of NHL players' home scoring. It's Crazy. outrageous. Yeah. Remember last year when it was such a thing for Nathan McKinnon get to, to get to 100 points on the season? Yeah. We kept talking about it, and it was whatever. Oh, here he comes, you know? Yeah, what is, is he at? Like 92. 92 now? Yeah. He's at 92. It's February 20th. It's he might 57. He, yeah. might, he might get there before March. <laughs> just, just what a season he's having. Yep. And uh, giving him third star is just kind of a, a nod to. Beyond just tonight. Cap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, you know, this, the streak might end here because this is usually how the hockey gods work, where they're just like, tipping our cap. We gave, you, we gave you this one. <laughs> We're not we giving you that. Yeah, way, we're yeah. not giving you the next one. Sorry. So, acknowledge, and we didn't talk about it at all last game. So, we're spending some time on it tonight. <laughs> uh, second star for the guy who scored two goals, Ryan Johansson. No one's gonna tell you it has been good enough for Ryan Johansson over the past three months, but yeah. tonight it was certainly good enough. And and I want to point out, 
The two goals are awesome. Great. Happy for him. There were a lot of good plays that weren't just the goals tonight from Rijo. How many times before he started scoring goals? Yeah. How many times in this game were we like, that's a nice play by Ryan Johansson. Damn, look at Ryan Johansson go. Well, this is weird. The guy just won a foot race. What's, ha- what's happening with Ryan Johansson? It was well, fun tonight. And both goals are, are just like smart hockey plays where yep. he gets a little bit lucky. Yep. And I'll give kudos to Bednar there because... With the sample that he's given the last 20 games or so, you're playing a top 10, a top 10, a top team in the league tonight, mm-hmm. right? And how many times did we look at each other tonight in the first 10 minutes? We're like, man, is that line out there again? Like, that line's yeah. out there again. So give credit to to Bednar in the sense that, or Ray or whoever, you know, uh, they felt, that's called like having a pulse of your bench. You know, they felt that those guys were going and they gave them a little more juice. You know what I mean? And and guess what? He rewarded them with a couple goals. So that's big. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just felt that it's a little combo tonight of the bench coach and then the player on the ice actually delivering and saying, okay, I'm getting a little more. I'm going to, all right, I won't let you down. You know what I mean? So that was a nice little combo tonight of, a game inside the game, right? You know, so he got up to a whopping twelve minutes of yeah, ice time tonight. Ton. Yeah, a ton. But hey, it's—I always tell you, twelve minutes, man. Hey, it's enough. Yeah, it's enough. <laughs> he scored two goals in that twelve minutes <laughs> yeah, in a game that they essentially won two to one. Like it's—it's it's fine. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. It works. It works. I would, yeah, uh, you needed it. You needed way. it from somewhere, and yeah, you would not have expected Ryan Johansson to be where it came from, but it happened tonight. It, it's it's to me it's also a little frustrating because you saw where's the end for three months yeah you saw you saw he was engaged it's not like he was just drifting around there doing the ss rijo thing <laughs> i love that name you know like it <laughs> wasn't name it wasn't like that was happening and he just kind of found his way to two goals he was working yep. he was engaged and this has always been the thing with ryan johansson his entire nhl career when he is engaged, he's a difference-making player. Yep. He's a guy that his size, his skill level, it all plays in the NHL when he wants it to. Mm-hmm. And tonight, he wanted it to. He got rewarded. So it's great for him. It's also frustrating because you're like, where would this? Where would he be? Where would the abs be right now if they got a more engaged Ryan Even Johansson? if they got this every other game, where would it be? It would just be, but, uh, you know, when they traded for him, this was the guy yeah. who they traded for. This was always the question mark. Yep. You can go back and watch the pod that we did when they traded for him, and we were like, engagement's a big problem here. Yep. Uh, anyway. It, I don't want to take away, I don't want to take too much away no, from it, exactly. but it is it's a, a great, little bit frustrating it, to just be like, damn it, he could have been. he could have been a much better fixture here. Had we seen well, this guy more frequently? You have, what, a little over two weeks until the deadline now? Yeah. If you see this Rijo five, six more times, I think they have probably still want to move on from him. But, hey, maybe there's a little yeah. bit of extra value. It might there. be easier to yeah. move on. It might be easier well, to convince Calgary or <laughs> San Jose. You yeah. know, to be like, oh. I'm just saying, Tuna went over for like 1,000, and then next thing you know, he scored a goal. He was gone the next day. So maybe, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Helps when you're making 1.5 and you're an expiring deal. I'm just saying, like, scored two tonight, so there you go. 
And then number one, I don't think there should be any doubt about who this is tonight. It's Alexander Georgiev stopping 24 of 25. How many games have we asked Georgiev to hold him to two or less? He actually goes out and does it against one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL. Sagababa or not, this team is incredibly efficient at putting pucks in the back of the net, and they couldn't do it very well against Georgiev tonight. Not that complicated to me. Well, we, we asked, yep. right? The three of us asked before the game, like, please, just, right? He was your circle K eater, mm-hmm. right? And then we well, we all agreed. We're like, all right, we'll, we'll let you have him. Yep. But we all agreed. Like, it's like, this is the key guy tonight because mm-hmm. he has to be better than, yes, Segababa, but Demko did not play yesterday, so he That's was fresh, yep. right? So it's like, all right. Be better, and if it has to be by one save, better than the guy from you. And it was by a couple saves more, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. Well, a, a couple of great saves in two areas specifically in which he has struggled this year. Pucks right around his feet. Yep. Getting he lost in the chaos. Well, yep. Having him actually track pucks well yep. in those situations. And then those couple of scrambly plays where he needed... It's either a big rebound or... Yep. The really weird play where he was trying to sit on a yeah. puck that wasn't behind him, yeah. and he's laying in the net. And for some reason, Philip Ronick tries to take a slap shot into an empty net. Lecky gets out there and blocks it. Yeah. Yep. Got bailed out. That's great. It, All of that is great. That's that's how a team works. But look. great for Georgiev to get a couple of those breaks. But he was also... And then the one big total bullshit, Sam Gerard gets the first one, and then... Georgiev throws his body in front of yeah, it and just gets a piece of that puck. And yeah. hey, we've seen the Avs get stuffed on a couple of those those miracle saves this year. It's great to see Georgiev get one. Well, and and I think the big conversation for me there is Georgiev put himself in a situation where it was important that the Avs could bail him out on on a, any given play. Far too many nights, it's been three goals on twelve shots or whatever it is. Yeah, and. You're now not talking about getting bailed out. You're talking about a team trying to get back into the game. Yeah. And if they give up another one, it's just kind of over. But I'll just add one more. We one more point. We just talked about it like two minutes ago. But at one nothing, he didn't let it go to two. Exactly. And yeah. that was key in that performance tonight. That's why I believe he's on our graphic there for number one star. Great pick by you guys. It, I I also think it shows, and it, it's important for. I think a lot of Avs fans to remember this. No one is going to tell you Georgiev has been good enough this year, but he has quality games in him. He is capable of this level of play. Mm-hmm. He needs to be able to put it together consistently. Absolutely. But you got to play a few games at that level to do it consistently. You got to start somewhere. This is how you get through stretches though, where the team in front of you isn't playing at their top form. Yep. Your top guys aren't completely overwhelming other teams. You need your goaltender to be able to get you through a couple of these games. He gets you through this one. Again, name me name me a good PK. I'll name you a good goalie. I mean, it just works hand in hand. Well, and and you know and what I mean. The PK tonight. When I read off those numbers. Your PK, your PK does a good job not allowing a ton, but you also don't stress your PK by taking five penalties. <laughs> You have to kill two penalties in this game. You don't stress your entire PK. You don't stress your goaltender with with additional work like that. It's life simple sometimes. Winning in the yeah, NHL yeah. is hard, but <laughs> conceptually, it's not super complicated. <laughs> 
If your goalie is one of your best players, you're going to win a lot. Ask the Canucks. Yep. Thatcher Demko has bailed them out of plenty of stuff this season. There have been a lot of games where the Canucks have been outplayed, but one, they can outscore their problems, but it's easier to outscore your problems when your goaltender is playing awesome. That it, it do be like that. Finally, the Canucks outplay somebody and they lose a game. <laughs> That's hockey. <laughs> just, welcome to the other side of the coin. Like or it, score seven and lose a game. <laughs> it just sucks sometimes. Uh, on that note, make sure. Well, who? Oh, yeah, sure. Baby Jokic also getting first star of the game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jokic also gave us a, a great reaction meme. From this game yeah. as well, the ah. yep, it's great. I I love when Colorado athletes support Colorado athletes. Yep, and, and Kyle Freeland does not count. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's he was born here, he grew up here, he does not count. Him going to an AMS game, it's neat. Yeah, it's neat, but give me a break. I want to see Jokic at games the same way that I want to see McKinnon at Nuggets games. Hell yeah. You guys share a building. Go to each other's games. That's cool guy shit. <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh, on that note, if you want to bet on the craziness that is hockey, do it with Bet365. You can sign up with code DNVR365 right now. You bet $5 in any NHL game. You get $150 in bonus bets to mess around with on the site. Just have a little bit of fun with some free money, essentially. All it costs you is 5 bucks for 150 It's a great deal. When you sign up with that DNVR365 code, uh, I'm continuing my bad beat stretch. <laughs> I took Georgiev over 25 and a half saves. He That's had 24. So cold. That's cold. That's wrong. Uh, I took the Avs to cover two and a half. They won by two. It's especially a bad beat because they had him at 20. They had Vancouver at 26 shots on goal. And initially. they took one away. And they yeah. took one away after the buzzer. Tough look, man. It's a tough look out here. <laughs> not, that, not that you would have won that I, one. But still. You still would have lost, but it would have been a half save instead of one and a half. What can you do? You can't win them all. Feels like right now, if you fade my bets, you'll probably win a lot of money. So maybe take that angle on it with Bet365. Uh, do it with them. Make sure you use that DNVR365 code. Uh, or you can use the QR code on screen, too, of course, to sign up with a new account. You must be 21 or older, physically located in Colorado. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER today. And then when you win a uh, whole bunch of money with Bet365, you're going to want to put that into a nice little account with Premier Members Credit Union. Their credit union, not a bank, which means they like to do things differently. Uh, they give you options such as higher savings interest and lower loan rates. Uh, it's an organization that serves the community and the Colorado community in particular. Uh, you get local branches, friendly tellers, and the tools you need to save smarter, such as high yield savings accounts or earn 5% APY on your first $2,000 with a reverse tier money market. PMCU is the place to put your money. When you become a new member at PMCU, you'll get $200 just for opening a checking account and signing up for their e-statements. That's it. That's all you got to do. And they'll just give you 200 bucks. So you might as well go crack open an account today. This will be your best money move yet. Head to becomepremier.com to find out more and get yourself making money on your money. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. This team right now is proving that they can win games when they don't play their best. Which is something you have to be able to do in the NHL. But also, it's been 
three weeks since we've really seen them play an A game. Mm-hmm. When they smoked LA. Yep. Going into the break, they just torched that team. Do they need to get back to that? Do they really need to play a quality game coming up here soon? Or can you live with B games continuing to win them stuff? I, I think more than anything, you're just talking about your top guys. It's not the team. It's it's, it's McKinnon, Miko, and Kale. Basically, yeah, those three guys is Kale McCarr has one point in like his last two eight, points. I think something yeah. like that. I think it's one point since the All Star break. Yeah, you know Nathan McKinnon uh, has played some really good games, but has not gotten super rewarded for it. Exactly, and statistically speaking, that was in inevitable. my in, in my yeah. opinion, it was inevitable. I I was the hater who was like. Think of him as 110 to 120 points this year, not this 140, 150 shit that he's on right now. <laughs> That's kind of what this looks like, What he the stretch he's gone through. Could still get 230. You never know. He but. could. Absolutely. I mean, he could, but there was a little bit of a drop-off that I think was inevitable for, for sure. him. Um, Miko, I think, is the one that I'm getting like real-world concerned about. I know we always say, hey, when the playoffs start, he's going to be there. But this app, this level of apathy, for one, that's a big switch that he's suddenly being asked to flip, not just a, hey, we need you to go from regular Miko to Super Miko. <laughs> right now, you're going from subpar Miko to Super Miko. Yeah. That's a concern for me. So that that is a problem. But also just this is a level of apathy that he cannot, the, the Avalanche cannot continue to let him get comfortable with. He's had some genuinely just bad, bad games where if he was not stapled next to Nathan McKinnon, he would not pick up assists here and there. Yep. And he'll make a nice play or two. He makes the play at the beginning of the game that, that gets McKinnon on that little mini breakaway that he had. Yep. He's the one who feathers that pass yep. through, the, through traffic. He'll make those kinds of plays. But you look at him on the power play, he's not a threat to shoot right now. He's not. They're not even defending him. And he's letting that happen. Yep. The confidence in shooting the puck is at an all-time low since maybe the first year of his career when he only scored 20. And it's weird to watch. Coming off of a year in which he had 55 goals last year, you're looking at Miko Ranton and going, oh, a 30-goal year is going to be a down year for him. But that's kind of where he's at right now because he's not attacking. He's not playing with aggression. There's, there's something to be said about letting the game come to you. Yeah. And then there's something to be said for letting the game overwhelm you. And that's what Miko looks like right now. Well, it he, looks like he's he's too patient with it, and I'm, I'm getting concerned. I totally agree with you because he's the moose, right? And then he's got to take the bull by the horn and go. You know what I mean? I agree with that point you just said. Hiss is not a guy that can be passive. Don't be passive. 55 goals last year. You're 500 pounds. You got the best shot the, on the team. Let's go. Get in there. And fire away, you know what I mean? Fire away, gain that confidence. And once he does that, he's the guy that can score 10 in the next five. And then we're like, oh, he's back, you know what I mean? And it's, I do believe I'm – but it's right. It's hard to say it's coming because we're not seeing it right now. Right, there are no signs of That's it. That's right. I agree. And I, I think after last year, the lesson learned you would hope would be that Look what happens when you're a monster. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like the, the disappointing smart kid in every classroom ever where it's like, look what happens when you apply yourself. Stop personally attacking And he me. gets a, me too, dude. <laughs> me too. You think I did homework as a kid? <laughs> Fuck no. Like, 
look what happens when you apply yourself. You get a 98 on the midterm. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and and it just doesn't look it doesn't look like he's applying himself. Yeah. The way that you want him to. You want him to have taken last year and say, "Do you see how dominant you can be when you are full out Miko Rantanen?" And he's gone the total opposite direction this year. And the only reason his production is is in the neighborhood that it is is because he plays next to Nathan McKinnon. I, I think I'm a little less concerned with you with, than you guys are. But what I will say is, great, they've won these last two games awesome. But you look over this last stretch of 8 to 10 games, and you're talking about the Avs struggling to find wins. And in multiple of these games, you're looking at their best players are the ones that costing them the game. Yeah. At a certain point, you have to look at those games and say, Miko, we can't deal with this anymore. This is when we need you to step up. It needs to start happening. You need to start seeing real signs of it because you can't just chill for 65 games, show up for the last 17 and then go, all right, playoffs, let's do this. Because I thought at times last year, I thought both McKinnon and Rantanen were pacing themselves knowing that they were going to have to carry so much of the load because of the roster deficiencies yep. uh, and because they had had such a short offseason. They, they don't have any of those excuses. They had a nice, lengthy offseason last year. They lost in the first round of a normal offseason. I don't want to hear anything about how, how they played a bunch of games, how yeah. tired they are. I'm just, miss me with it. It's a, for me, for my money, it's a bullshit excuse right now. The, the amount of minutes that they're playing... I'm more I'm I'm more receptive to that conversation because they are playing an absolute insane amount every single game that I think Bedner needs to do a little bit better job of managing. But you're you're also talking about Nathan McKinnon is doing the same thing and having the best year of his career. Yep. And Miko Rantanen is shrinking from that test, shrinking from that challenge actively. I don't. I don't know where that middle ground is because we saw McCarr last year played so many minutes. He killed it, himself. Yeah. It decreased his effectiveness. That Bednar learned from last season has decreased the usage of McCarr this year and for a while was getting an unbelievable version of Kale McCarr. level stuff, yeah. Now you have Kale McCarr struggling quite a bit more, which is just a totally different thing. But you're seeing Kale's trying to work his way through it. He's doing some superstar stuff at least once a game where you're just like, this just isn't going for him right now. He's right, not picking up some points. Right up until he shoots the puck, it looks great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, I, I think, I think you, you are seeing, like, you need, it's the time of year you need to start seeing some life out of Miko. I think that's fair. Because ask, if yeah. you are going to say, hey, for 55 games a year, between 55 to 65 games a year, Miko's kind of just going to pace himself. He'll apply himself when Yzma Lekkanen talks shit in Finland or, you know, somebody, somebody like me upsets him. Great. Okay. And, but do and, it for 10 games, not once and, every well, 20. And then yeah. if you see it at the end of the year, if he really is capable of flipping the switch all the way, then, then all, all then, sins are forgiven. Yeah. Then, then <laughs> I am completely in the wrong here, and Miko knows what he's doing. He knows better than me. But I, for me, my for my money right now, I'm a little worried about it. I'm not pushing a big red button, but I'm a little worried about it. I'm not going to argue being worried about it. I think I'm less worried, but there is certainly cause to be... Keeping an eye on it, to say the least. I'll put it that way. I, I, I wanted to talk about that, but again, the Avs won this game. They won 3-1. Oh, yeah, they, they made did. two in a row. They This two-game homestand, they do what they have to do. Grind out both wins. Yeah. Not easy wins. Not like, hey, we just went out and kind of did our thing. They had to work for both of them, and I think 
I think that's fair. It, and I, I think that's healthy for them. The, grinding out some more of these wins, getting them into more of a playoff mindset. That's exactly I it. also yep. think it's going to be healthy for them to be in a standings race and not... Last year, it was we're chasing Dallas down, and that is it. Right now, they're in a whole mess of teams. They're the home ice, not home ice, uh, their matchup. Everything is up in the air. Yep. And and I think that's healthy for them, and I want to see them continue to grind out some of these games because uh, we've talked about, hey, their third period's not great. The third period tonight wasn't great, but they outscored the other team 2-0 in the third period. If that's not great, you're doing pretty good. And guess what happens? Now, you play on the road Thursday. You win it. When is that? A winning, that's a winning streak, streak, baby. Frank the Tank, buddy. You are streaking. <laughs> right? And then think about that. How negative it's been lately. And all you have to do is just win one little measly game Thursday. And then you're like, oh, the abs are on a winning streak. Serious it's question. amazing how quick it can change. Serious question. Would you guys play Ananan in Detroit? No. Um, no. Not that I'd What's, be opposed to it, but you, Georgiev, you just got the best game from him. In, and then it's Thursday. Uh, two What's months? today? Tuesday? Today so is Tuesday. Thursday is Thursday. Yeah, you're right. You know what? God, I hate giving you credit. It's a good question. If you have posted an 890 today, I think I'd say yes. I, I yeah, just, but even like... If yeah, you're not going to do it now... I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Because if he and plays then, in Detroit, then he has the Toronto game. Then yep. you have Dallas. Like, yep. Those are bigger games that you want to you wanna keep your guy for. If you if you're serious about giving him rest, Anandin needs to play in Detroit. I'll tell you what you do. This Even is a really than good that. point about building confidence, though. You know what? What's their roster at right now? Is it a 22 or 23 or? I honestly somebody... don't even know. They, they have. Um, anyway, what? I'm too tired tonight for the rules, and I, I, I was going to say, you know what? You don't even send him to Detroit. You let him sleep in his own bed right now. Then you send Anandin, and then you know. Now, the they, they can sit him for both the Chicago games if they really want to rest him. Yeah, you can do that one. I'm time. fine like, with don't that. Don't go to Chicago. You know, I'm, stay I'm not going to sit him. Those games are in two weeks. I know. I know. That's a good. I, you know what? It's a valid. I'm not going to sit him right now. And it's a valid. If, point. if we were talking about, we we spent a, a decent chunk of the first half of the season talking about overuse, the wear and tear. I hear uh, you. Were you serious about it or not? I, I for mean, my money, because they even talked about it. Bednar was like, we've, we've played him too much. I, Bednar also said there's nothing wrong with playing a goalie 65, 70 games a and year. And I agree with so. him. I agree with him. <laughs> we also know that the Avs don't play nearly as much on a per-day basis in the second half of the season. They yeah. take a lot They've of days off. They've had games off, played. Yeah. The, the, the real grind of their schedule is over for the rest of the regular season. That big, long, extended grind happened between... The end of Christmas break, and the All Star break, and the All Star, and immediately the the six game road trip coming out. That's of true. It. That's true. That was it. That was the end of the big grind for the Avalanche schedule this season. The rest of the season, you look at it, bunch of two days off. So you could make the argument that hey, yeah, you could play Georgiev twelve games in a row, but he has two days off between a bunch of those games. So that grind is nowhere near the same. And, uh, well, and, and yes, I get it. The first Chicago game is not till the 29th. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. But if you rest him that Chicago game, you then could rest him the Chicago game March 4th a week later, too, if you really wanted to. 
Then you have a stretch of Wings, Minnesota, and a back-to-back of Calgary and Vancouver. Get through the next week, and you have a bunch of potential rest games coming up for Georgiev if you want them. All games are potential rest <laughs> games. You just have to you're be willing wrong. to fucking do you're it. You're not wrong. And, and That's all it is. I'm, and I don't even disagree. I'm fine with playing in, in a handful or more games down the stretch. I just don't want Georgiev to sit and have to say, man, I felt like I was just get, getting in a rhythm. I think it's a fair point. He played so well tonight that you at least want to see how he does against Detroit. But if he goes out on De- against Detroit, gives up four goals. Yeah, then you hurt him. I get it. But So for me, I would just, I would just rest him. I would say, you know what? You're our guy. We're just going to do it. Either way, Avs team got to come out and show up on Thursday. Uh, before we uh, wrap up our conversation here, we are brought to you by the folks over at Red Hawk Roofing. I can't make a meme about how you need better goaltending because Georgiev was great. No leaky so roof tonight. Maybe uh, maybe put Georgiev on your roof and he'll uh, he'll solve all your leaks. Or do the smart thing. Call Red Hawk <laughs> Roofing. Will he just bat the rain away? <laughs> Full gear. <laughs> Red Hawk Roofing, you can get a free inspection from them where they go up on your roof. They take pictures. They do it all for you. Make sure everything's good up there. They'll give you a whole little uh, packet portfolio about what's going on in your roof. You don't have to even get anything fixed if you don't want to, but they'll let you know what's up. And then if you want to get it fixed, Red Hawk Roofing are the best roofers here in Colorado. They're local. They're awesome. Uh, they honestly just great at what they do. Uh, go get with them. Go to RedHawkRoofing.com today. They also have 24-7 emergency services if you do have an unfortunate situation where you spring a leak or something like that. And then, if you want to go watch the Avs in person, since they are allowed to play at home now, or, you know, if you're an out-of-state fan and they come to your town, <laughs> Game Time, the way to go. When you sign up with Game Time with the code DNVR, you get $20 off your first purchase. You can go get some tickets. You can go watch the Avs pop off in person, whether it be McKinnon, McCark, Georgiev, whoever it might be. You can watch them in real time. It's awesome. Go get with Game Time. Join 15 million people that use the Game Time app to get their tickets and get the best prices guaranteed. We got a couple of super chats to get to here. One from Brazilian Fury who says, Hey, friends, it's been a while. Hope you've all been well. Big, huge win tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, and then $2 from Melanie who says, Yay for the W. Uh, thank you very much. Hell yeah. I feel like that's an appropriate vibe not too hyped but it's a big win Avs took care of business good win job done like an orc uh that's all i got yeah any uh any final thoughts from you two eric is tired tonight because this is the first late night later night that we've had in quite a while we've been doing all these five o'clock games and eric forgot what the real job was like (laughs) i'm out of sync right now (laughs) why did did somebody say i was tired Uh uh-huh really no, I have good energy tonight. I just had my freaking zip fizz. And... Yeah, but when you wake up at four tomorrow, you're going to be struggling. No, no, no. <laughs> no I actually, I got some energy tonight. <laughs> all right. We're going to get out of here for this one. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us. We will be back tomorrow, Wednesday, for an off-day show. Join us for that. Also, join us at the TakeOver, uh, March 8th, trade deadline day. We're taking over the Minnesota game. It's going to be a long-as-hell day for us, but... You guys can come have fun with us. Come tell us how dumb all the Avs trades were. Do all that fun stuff. Come join us. It'll be great. Uh, We are out of here. Like and subscribe here on YouTube to help us out or catch us on Spotify if you're a podcast person. We'll see you next time. 
all silly like the mayor. 